The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, your host, and uh, today we got a special little episode. I know we, we went away from the Saturday episodes for a little while, but uh, I could not hesitate to take the opportunity to talk to this, this guy. It's the perfect time to talk to him about his favorite team. Uh, being the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, we have a cool connection. We've actually never met before, but we used to. We, I work at the place he used to work at, um, and I heard I've heard nothing but good things about him over the last year. Shout out to Big O, Matt C, Bob Seeger, all these guys that have talked just talked you up. Everybody, please welcome to the show, Mr. Joe Goodberry. Joe, how you doing, my friend? And I'm doing fantastic. Obviously, the you know the the Bengals are where they're not supposed to be, and that's a uh, exciting and crazy and weird but also at the same time um you know it, it's it's fun you know it's where you want to be but it's it's kind of weird just being there in that moment no without a doubt man i thought my colts were going to be in the position that the bengals are so i'm a little jelly um i'm a lot i'm hella jelly right now you guys got it uh you guys get you guys got it where it counts man i'm very happy for you guys um i have an andy dalton jersey on my wall so like it's uh you know I'm, i like I got a lot of jerseys on my wall. So, uh, <laughs> so it is, I am excited for, for the Bengals and this quick turnaround that they are, they are having, um, real quick though. You are a first time guest on the show. Hopefully the first of many, uh, I always do these intro fan questions, I guess. So, so the listeners kind of get to know you a little bit. Um, we do know your favorite team is the Bengals. Um, what is your earliest football fan memory? Whew, you know, it's weird. Um, it's kind of the thing where you don't remember if it was, an actual memory or you watched it later, especially because I used to watch a lot of NFL films, a lot of highlight stuff, you know, as a kid. And like my earliest memory or what I think is my earliest memory are the Bengals running out of the tunnel for the 89 Super Bowl uh, and having the helmets and the stripes and stuff. And they're going to go play the 49ers. Obviously, they lose that game. Now, I don't know if I would I would have been two. So I don't re- think I actually could have remembered that. But like I said, I used to watch NFL films so much that I remember seeing it. I just don't know if it was an authentic at the time memory or not, but that is what I think of when I think of my earliest memory. Okay. All right. Very cool. Uh, your favorite memory as a football fan, Bengals fan, whatever it may be, a favorite football memory. Hmm. This is, you know, I haven't thought about this, I guess. Um, hmm. I would have to say uh, probably me personally was going down to the senior covering the senior bowl you know when i when i did this professionally or at least semi-professionally whatever it was um getting the opportunity to actually go down there as a credential media member and getting to talk to coaches and see look look them eye to eye with like john gruden kyle shanahan and you know zach taylor was there in the following year i did it two years in a row and um just to actually have that interaction and talk and just see that they're humans but yet 
it's weird because like you can feel the players, like the guys, you know, like, oh, this guy, the players gravitate to him or this and that. And you can really feel that. There are some guys that are just walking the room and they are different than the other guys. And I, I wish Joe Burrow was there that year because it, obviously he, they said he, he had that. But that whole weekend, um, the first time I done it was so awesome. And so, you know, everyone you see that you read or read, listen to their podcasts or whatever it may be, they'll be down there a lot of times. And it's just a meeting of the minds and people just chilling and just shooting the shit. And it's an awesome time. I dude, I believe it. I That's that's so cool. I, I I'm excited. I mean, I'm just excited for your life experiences that you've had. So yeah, I'm super jealous. Uh, next question. Some of your favorite football players of all time, just people that really helped you love the, uh, love the game. Yeah. I'd say first was Corey Dillon uh, as a Bengals fan. I just remember him being so good at, on bad teams and maybe getting to see him once a year on TV because they were so bad, but seeing the highlights, you know, on, on like Sunday NFL countdown and stuff, just going, man, he's so good. And then it was Chad Johnson, really early two thousands when he put the Bengals back on the map, made them fun again, made them exciting, made people want to watch them see what he was going to do. And uh, you know, from there, I, I probably was always partial to receivers because AJ green was the next generation. And then now it's Burrow and chase. And it's like, man, how can you not watch these guys? Oh, they're, they're fun. They're 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 definitely they're they're so much fun to watch, man. I'm I'm rooting for them hard this weekend. Um, and last question. All right, you're a pop culture guy. Uh, starter Pokemon. All right, Squirtle, Charmander, or Bulbasaur. Got it. Man, I've got. I, I still have my blue cartridge somewhere here, and my old Game Boy Color. I mean, it still works, still fires up, and everything, and it still has my original. Blastoise in it. I mean, the, the guy is 25 years old at this point. He's old. He's hanging in there. I love a 100 built terribly, but it is what it is. So I got to go with what I had. I had Pokemon blue. I got to go with Squirtle. My man. All right. Very good. Glad we're on the same page there. Um, so, all right. So this is your little get to know Joe. Um, so you are from the falls. Uh, how does a, yes. how does a Niagara fall Western New Yorker will say uh, fall in love with the Bengals as, as, as much as you do. Yeah, like I said, my earliest memory of the helmets, uh, I remember having, I, I tell the story a few times now, I have, we had as a kid, this uh, tin had chocolates in it, had Super Bowl tickets in it, had all the, not real Super Bowl tickets, but you know, there were like these cardboard things. And on the outside had all the teams and their helmets with the score of all the Super Bowls at that point. It was in, and then this is like 95. So it was up until like the, you know, that time. And I remember seeing going in order and it was just, you know, Chiefs Packers just got their logo on their helmet. Jets just have NY on the side of their helmet at the time, things like that. It wasn't until 1981 and the Bengals had this striped helmet. And finally, there's a team that looks different and looks weird and looks cool and just doesn't have a logo on the side of their helmet. And I thought that was the coolest thing I saw at that time. And you're dumb if you're, you know, when you're seven years old and you pick a team and that's it for life, not knowing you're going to spend the next 30 years um, not seeing playoff success and that much fun, but that's how it goes, right? Oh, absolutely. But Hey, you stuck with your team and obviously it's, it's paying off in dividends. Um, when did you, I mean, obviously you have a huge Twitter following. When did things start to pick up for you as far as covering uh, the Bengals? Cause the guys told me, you know, you used to, used to give them the, 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 the draft previews, and stuff yeah. at work and, and all that stuff. When did all that stuff really start for you? So I would say around 2009, I started just writing comments and stuff. At the time, it, well, there was no Twitter, there was no social media, really. It was just starting around 2010-ish, late 2009 for that stuff. Uh, and that's when I got on Twitter was 2010. But in 2009, I was on like SB Nation blogs, the Bengals blog, Cincy Jungle, 
writing fan posts, leaving comments and stuff. Before you know it, people were like, well, what do you think about this player? Or what do you th- should the Bengals sign this guy? Or have you watched this guy at Alabama? And I would just be like, yeah, I have, you know, because I was into that stuff. Um, and so I would comment back and, you know, come up with scouting reports and share stuff like that until they, they approached and said, do you want to write, like, articles for us once a week or something like that? And I said, sure, why not? And Twitter was just starting there. Remember, the Bengals were on Hard Knocks in 2009, and uh, Chad Johnson was one of the first guys like, oh, get on Twitter. It's fun. So I did that. I'm blocked by Chad Johnson now, so it didn't last long for me. Uh, I'm fun with one of my favorite players of all time. Apparently, I don't know how to use Twitter, but I got good at it eventually. And then they just grew. The, the followers grew. I, I went from being just a Bengals, um, like, kind of, player evaluator at not as much X's and O's to then going more to like real hardcore draft content and writing for draft websites and getting articles published on NFL.com, ESPN, like every anything that wrote football, I've had something on there at that point, at some point to uh, circling back around and end up being a Bengals specific draft guy. And that's so niche, you know, so niche that like, it became a thing. Like I, people ask me all the time, how do I get started or how do I find a following or a footing when you're in an ocean of people that create content, right? right. I might as narrow as you possibly can, so narrow that you become the best person at it, probably because you're the only person doing it. Like if you were a guy that only scouted D3 running backs and no one else did it, well, guess who's now the expert at D3 running backs? It's you because there's nobody else that's doing it. I can get so finely tuned to what I was doing and that I became the Bengals draft guy to a lot of people. Right. And it branched, I always evolved it into trying to do new things from film reviews to cut-ups to, to highlights to just making jokes on Twitter or whatever it was to lighten the fun when they're 2-14. and 14. Uh, And I just kind of kept rolling with it and always trying to be new and different with it. So it it stayed fresh. Yeah, because uh, from what I understand, you didn't go to school for this. It just it was just this organic homegrown thing. You're you're an art major, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't go to college. I went for about a semester. I went to first semester. I'm like, this sucks. This I don't want this work. And then I I was offered where you work now, and I'm like, sure, the money's good, let's go do it. And yeah, I remember getting interviewed there, and they go, you're not going to go back to college, are you? We don't need guys going leaving us. And I'm like, no, I'm not going back to college. And so I I used my free time while working at these places to uh, the 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 you know secondary job that I ended up doing for the last twelve years. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, you get a little, a little extra free time. I, I don't hate it. I don't necessarily hate it. Um, <laughs> it's given me a lot of time to create stuff for for my own thing. Um, so let's go. I mean, this 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 year, man, has been absolutely magical. Twenty twenty one, Bengals are AFC North champions. They are in the AFC Championship game. Uh, I did read some articles and stuff. You did expect a, a really good season from the Bengals, of course. Uh, you know, I think in a spot where a lot of people expected the Browns. What gave you so much yeah. optimism uh, for this for this Bengals team to go as far as as they as they have? Yeah, I'm not normally like that. Um, you know, p- other people that know me and that have like done work with me, they're like, "This is the most optimistic you've ever been in." You know, since I started doing this, and that's a long stretch of time. Uh, because I, I try to remain realistic, being in player evaluation, you kind of know what a player can and can't do rather than just hoping a guy's going to be better the, or, or, oh, this guy's going to get better at this. And I'm like, 
I've watched him four years in college and four years in the NFL. He's not going to get any better. It's just how it works. You know, you can be hopeful, but traditionally guys are who they are. So when I started, when I was negative about the team, it's because I didn't agree with the way they were building. I didn't agree with the moves they made. And I didn't agree with, with how, with their vision of how to get them to their ultimate goal. And then when things started to go the right way in terms of felt like they were tanking and it felt like they were going to get Joe Burrow. I watched Joe Burrow at LSU and I'm like, yeah, he's got it, man. He even has some of the things I wouldn't normally look at in terms of, I wanted a guy that's athletic with a strong arm, but he had everything else that it's like, I can't deny it any longer. The guy makes plays uh, and is super accurate and super smart and everything you're looking for in, in a, as a pocket quarterback and a guy that can extend plays and, and just create magic really. So when they did that, I was like, okay. And I liked the rest of their class. And then they went in a free agency two years in a row, which is something the Bengals never do. They never spent money at all. And then here they are two years in a row. They are making moves in free agency. And I got to talk to their director of player personnel when I was down in, in Mobile, Alabama. I got to talk to Zach Taylor. I've gotten to know people in that organization and on that staff. And you get more insight of what they're doing and what their plan is. And when you can see the vision, you go, hmm. So when I decided to step away from doing this uh, as much as I did and doing it semi-professionally, it was largely because I felt like they were taking the right path. And now this is a long way and long answer, a long-winded answer and looking at why did I feel they were going to be a 10-win team this year and put up points. And it's because I believe Joe Burrow was a good quarterback. I fundamentally believe if you have a good quarterback, you're probably going to be in every single game. Uh, and I believe that they were doing enough on offense, especially with the weapons and from a coaching standpoint, that they were going to have an explosive, high-powered offense that could potentially go toe-to-toe -to -toe with everyone if things go right. And the Bengals stayed very healthy, and all the free agents ended up hitting this year. So when I look back at year two quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round that were expected to start as rookies and as in year two, they all won or at least got close, all of them. I mean, even like Marcus Mariota Jim, and James Winston went nine and seven in year two. Their coaches were fired the following year. I mean, they didn't have, they didn't have good teams. But yet it's something about that organizational excitement and push to put pieces around these guys and to really support the movement that gets these guys to, to really have that second year jump in, in their play from rookie years. And I think they're, they're consistently underestimated. The only guy who really didn't make that eight and eight, at least 50, 50 mark was Baker Mayfield. And I'm like, yeah, well, cause I'm not sure Baker Mayfield actually great, you know, and that made sense to me. So when I looked at it and took that whole picture in mind, I thought, this offense could put up 30 points a game and win 10 games. And they got very close, about 28 points a game, and they won 10 games in the division. Yeah. No, without a doubt. And, yeah, you are, you know, you bring up a lot of good points about how this team has been developed. I mean, it is a night and day difference from that Marvin Lewis, like the Marvin Lewis era, the last couple of years with Andy Dalton. I know there was times where they were – you know, it was like week four or five and they're the projected two seed or projected three seed yeah. and just things kind of collapse. But then they were at the towards the top of the AFC, like in week, I want to say five, six, something like that. And and I was just like, man, this, this feels different. There's, there's something feels different about this Bengal squad. Um, you, you definitely seen a lot, like even the, the addition of like Jamar Chase in the, the, this receiving core, which is honestly, it, I would dare say it's probably the best receiving trio in the NFL today. Um, you know, you see how, you know, Joe Mixon has really benefited from it. I know there's some offensive line issues and stuff, but you know, there's a point in time where like, man, Joe's pretty good, but I don't think we've seen the best of Joe Mixon quite yet. 
And this year, I feel like we've really gotten to understand the kind of player he can be. Um, you know, it's 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 really cool to see how it's all just just kind of shaped up because Joe has been at what four five? He's been there like four years now, I think, at this point. Um, yeah. You know, it took they 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 obviously he's produced he's been producing, but man, he just he he turned out to be really really special and valuable for this team this year. You know what I always say the difference is remember those those Andy Dalton that era went to five straight playoffs from 2011 to 2015. In fact, 2009 they made the playoffs with Carson Palmer. They signed To in 2010. Everything fell apart and they kind of just had to blow it all up when Palmer said he was not coming back anymore. Um, so they rebuilt that team under Marvin Lewis. They built the the 05 team that won the division. Carson Palmer got his knee blown out in the second play of the game. Uh, rebuilt that team enough to keep it together in 2009, make the playoffs. They lose to the Jets, had to completely blow it up and then rebuild it again from 2011 to 2015. And they did a really good job. It was an extremely talented roster, very deep roster with a bunch of future head coaches on the staff, guys like Jay Gruden, Mike Zimmer, Hugh Jackson, Vance Joseph. Uh, they all didn't have great success, but that, you know, sometimes that's how it works, you know, and that, that staff was really good. Um, for whatever reason, they couldn't win. And I always say the biggest difference from, that iteration to now this generation is the leaders of that team, uh, be it a head coach, even at Marvin Lewis, but guys like Andy Dalton, AJ Green, Geno Atkins was their best player on defense, future Hall of Famer, in my opinion. They all were super quiet. Nice. They, yeah, they're good, but no one was really elevating. No one was really talking enough shit to really get you guys going and get the other team to, to really fight back a little bit. And I think you need that sometimes. you got to have a little bit of swag to you. you got to be able to go out there and compete. Playoffs are, are tough. They're different. It's a different beast. And then you see the guys they've drafted and brought on lately, the guys that feel like they're either underdogs, um, team captain get type guys, or then like guys with Joe Burrow that is just super cool, super confident. Um, Jamar Chase, same way, cut from the same cloth as Joe Burrow. Like, they don't even know they're not supposed to be here right now. They think they're going to go out and win. They did. Last time they were on the field together, they did this in college. Like, you can't tell them they're not good enough. They truly believe they're going to go out there and score 35 this Sunday. They don't. You can't tell them otherwise. Uh, And if that wins, that wins. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. They'll do it again next year. That's how they look at it. Even the kicker they drafted in the fifth round. You may have heard the story is they're about to go out and kick this 52-yard field goal against the Titans. He goes, I guess we're going to AFC Championship, boys, and walks out there and boots a 52-yarder to win. He's 22 years old. He doesn't even know. He's just he's going to make it. So now this team tells you they're, they're going to do it, and then they back it up because they have to. Right? That's like speak people. I like to do this. I speak it into existence because I think there is some of that a little bit. But I also do it because – I expect that I can accomplish what I put out there. What I say, I can go and I can do it. I know I can. And I think the team is like that in a lot of ways because it puts, it's not pressure on yourself when you truly believe you can accomplish these things. And that's how they operate. And it's just so much different than the last generation of Bengals football. And it's awesome to watch. Uh, first, I mean, this is a year everybody expected. It was Buffalo, it was KC, and then everybody else. And yeah. for Cincinnati to emerge the way that they did, I mean, legitimately just just basement basement dwellers of the AFC North to 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 to, to you know sweeping Pittsburgh, um, you know sweeping Baltimore, right? They I think they swept them this year. Yep. Yeah, they did. Yep. Uh, you know, beating on Cleveland the way they did and winning the North. Um, you know, it, it's really like it's really put you know a, a spotlight on the squad that okay, you know, this isn't just the Bills and, and Chiefs show. The Bengals are here. Joe Burrow is elite. Our wide receiving core is 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 there. 
And it's really shaken a lot of things, you know, it definitely shaken some things up as far as the AFC. I mean, it, it just, it, it's crazy how young the AFC is right now. And, and you know, there's a lot of worry last year with Joe Burrow's injury. Is he going to come back the same? You know, there's a lot of doubters that, you know, with Jamar Chase, his preseason, you know, <laughs> was right. not great. And a lot of I know a lot of people who uh, avoided getting him in fantasy drafts and they, they certainly regret it. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's refreshing. It's cool. And, you know, I, as a guy who just loves to see, you know, struggling teams kind of turn a corner, I, I, I hope this is for the long haul, and I truly believe it is. Yeah, and I felt bad for Bills fans after such a crushing loss and defeat, not only because I wanted to go to that game, right? I wanted to go to that Bengals-Bills game. It would have been Buffalo at the time. Uh, but just because of the way this AFC is – gearing up like yeah right now you know you get Tom Brady out of the AFC that's great but then you look at it and it's Mahomes and Allen and it's the Chiefs and Bills and it's like they it's it's kind of funny because I felt like the Bills built their team to get to that game again and handle their business against it and they basically did with 13 seconds left I mean for all intents and purposes they won that game they did they accomplished their goal and then just completely lost their minds for 13 seconds and couldn't handle themselves but point being is that's such a crushing defeat because they would have been the favored team going forward of the final four teams if it was the Bills, Bengals, Rams, and and Niners. And now you look at the future of the AFC, and you've got other young quarterbacks like Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, and maybe Deshaun Watson comes back to the AFC. Uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers goes to the Broncos, right? There's already minor rumors of that potentially happening. Uh, is just Trevor Lawrence take that year two step the way Joe Burrow did if they get the right head coach there? I mean, the AFC is dripping with talent at quarterback. When you look at it, you go, man, I know the Bills and Allen can look at this and be like, we're going to be competitive for the next 10 years. We truly believe he's that good. Uh, but will they have a better opportunity to have such a straight line to the Super Bowl with 13 seconds left and then playing the young Bengals that are ahead of their time, right? Their Bengals, in my opinion, are going to be harder in year two and year three of this. Uh, the Chargers should get better and be harder to defeat. Sure. The road is going to get And that's why that made this loss so difficult. And, you know, just looking at the AFC, man, and it's also why I kind of look at the perspective of the Bengals here. Like, don't tell them they probably shouldn't win it or they should just roll over to the Chiefs here. Because, and you see kind of that sentiment of like, oh, you know, you go play the Chiefs. If you lose, that's okay. You guys will be back next year. Will you be this healthy? Will you be this hot right now? There's no guarantee. We have to run into the Bills that are hot. We run into the Chargers that are hot. Who's going to, who's the young guy next year? Is it Lawrence that's there in your way? It's not going to get any easier. You're there one game away. You do it now while you can. No, I, 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 I love that you said that because I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one of those guys who are like, ah, oh, maybe next year. I, I hate that. I, as a, right. as a Colts fan, I grant that I was spoiled, but the last decade or so with you know having Andrew Luck, losing Andrew Luck, the quarterback turnover, um, and the way that this year ended, it's like you know, a, no, this next year stuff ain't. It's not good enough. Like I want results. I want, this team should be. And, and even like watching this, like these final four, like watching how the Bengals have have like turned around in essentially two years. It's been a, essentially a two year rebuild, um, you know, and, and seeing where Mahomes or you know the, the Chiefs and the Bills are. I'm like, my God, the Colts aren't even close. <laughs> we're not even <laughs> close. It, it's it, you know all these Pro Bowlers, but like, man, we're not even close. It, Is this because of the quarterback position? Is that you feel that way? Uh 
a little bit, but I think there's also a lot of other holes too. I, I think fundamentally there's a, there's just a, a lot of holes like uh, wide receivers. I feel like, you know, like this year, I know this, this year was this year and, and it could be grown, but you know, we had one receiver that went over a thousand yards, Michael Pittman, everybody else is below 400. Uh, right. It's not a very comfortable sign. You know, our, our cornerbacks are young, they're growing, but um they need a lot of work and you know, there are, there are some, some issues on the offensive line. I mean, we got our core of course, but, um, but I just, I, yeah, I feel like from a, from a, a, a lot of stand, we just, and we don't have that killer instinct that I feel like that those top teams in the AFC have the Bengals, the bills, the chiefs, and, and so on and so forth. That I, I love Frank Reich, the person, but sometimes from a play calling perspective, uh, I do get a little like, Oh, come on, man. Like, <laughs> like how many times did like a, a lead get blown this year watching watching sure. the Colts right three four times I think yeah. they had leads and um it, it blew up in their favor and of course you know the percentages are just numbers but when you have a ninety eight percent chance to make it to the playoffs as a week you know two weeks left to go and you don't make it it's a little painful crazy. it's it's yeah it's painful but you know uh, I was I'm glad you brought up the receiver point though because. I think when you you can glean a lot from looking at these final teams that make it to the playoffs every year, like what what is the common thread? What is what do these teams all have? And I was even thinking this last year when or last week when it was during the Bills Chiefs game. I'm like every team's got like two good safeties on their on their on their roster. Every team has one true dominant number one type explosive receiver at this point. And even if it's Debo Samuel, who's a little unconventional. Like they need a play, they're going to Debo, right? right. For the 49ers. They need a play, who are they going to? They did it against the Bucks. They they're going to Cooper Cup. And they're finding a way to get them open. The Bengals in the, uh, needed a 20-yard chunk play to get in position to kick a field goal. Who'd they go to? Jamar Chase kicked the field goal. Uh, the Chiefs, who have Kelsey also, but Hill had that 64-yarder with a minute left that just screamed by everyone. The Colts don't have that. A lot of teams don't have it. No, I mean, no one has Tyree Kill. But you can find other – Debo Samuel, a Cooper Cup, or a Jamar Chase. And even the Bills have a Stephon Diggs and, and Gabe Davis had a monster performance but yeah i think the threads that are similar no i i agree and you know i i like Pittman a lot but you know is he a true wide receiver one or was he just a volume guy you know that that's that's where a lot of questioning and on my end kind of comes from the, there too but um but but yeah you you, you kind of need that star power you know our, our guy chris ballard um you know he's he's flipped this roster made a created and drafted a lot of pro bowlers future uh, I'm not going to say future Hall of Famers. They got to earn that, right? But, um, but it's like, man, you know, you're missing. There's, there's so many aspects. Yeah, I feel like we, we've hit on, we've hit on so much, but we're still missing so much. Um, and that's why it's like it's amazing to watch these, these quick turnarounds. I know Andrew Luck retiring throws a wrench in those plans, but it's been a couple years, you know. Um, you know, what's funny is if you have this conversation with other Colts um, writers or fans in, in the next couple months, it'll be and you, you may make the argument and maybe everyone's on board. But it was kind of funny for, from a Bengals perspective. We had T Higgins, who is probably very similar to, to Pittman, in my opinion. Um, and it's they're big. They can get downfield. But are they true number ones? Can you put them at any point on the field, run any route, and expect them to win at any moment? Um, and it's probably like, no, they'll win most times, but they're not. You know what I mean? I can see it in your face, like the true number one. We had this conversation a lot during last offseason of, well, why would they draft Chase? They've got Higgins. They've got Tyler Boyd. And I'm like, 
yeah, that's great. We love those guys, but they are not Jamar Chase. Uh, so, like, if you get in that scenario, I, I think there's a lot of ammo and pointing pointing at maybe some of these other teams that are now in the final four of, yeah, but do we have those guys? And if the answer is resoundingly no, then it's you find those guys. Yeah, you absolutely have to. It, you know, it, it's like, oh, next, you know, that's been the Colts kind of MO the last couple. Of, oh, next year, we got to develop these guys. We're not in our Super Bowl window. Like, what are we doing then? <laughs> Why are we showing up every every season? Like, what do you do? Like, you got to be aggressive. And, and our, our phrase for that was always quarterback purgatory. It's you're not in quarterback hell. You're not the Jets. You're not high enough to pick a new quarterback. You're not in quarterback heaven. So you're picking 25 or, or you're in the, you know, you get the conference championship or the division. So you can't, you're picking too late to draft a guy, even if you wanted to. Quarterback purgatory is picking between 10 and 20, not making the playoffs, not being bad enough to get a guy in the top 10 and just being like, what are we doing? I know it's 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 been it's been tough. Again, I can't complain too much because I was spoiled, right? We got we, I did get Manning for all sure. the time. I did get luck. Um, I love the Philip Rivers year. Rivers is my favorite player of all time, and I was super pumped to get him for uh, the time that we did. But it's like, oh man, and then there's nothing out there. You know, what I mean? it's Carson's kind of we're gonna run it back with Carson and see what happens, probably. So, um, but yeah, so so I mean, back to the Bengals. This 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 miracle run they're on. Uh, they have defeated the Chiefs before. Uh, obviously, a couple weeks ago, they edged them out. I think yep. they were in Arrowhead, if I'm not mistaken. They did. They were in Cincinnati. Oh, they were in Cincinnati. Excuse me. Um, you know, uh, they're seven point underdogs right now. What do you think is you know, uh, not that again, that doesn't necessarily matter either. But um, what do you think? You know, where are the doubts? Are there any doubts for you in in this team as far as you know? Can they do it again? Are there any doubts in that in that matter? Of course, it's the Chiefs, they're the top dog, right? I mean, uh, you got to go, if you want the throne, you got to go at the king, and that's who they are right now in the AFC. I mean, it, it's it's clear. They're a good team. They're a great team. They're a well-coached team. They're, they've got the best quarterback in the league. They've got some of the most explosive players in the league, some of the hardest guys to cover in the league. It makes them extremely tough to beat. Not only that, it's going to be an arrowhead, where I think, like, if the Bill, if that was, game was in Buffalo, the Bills probably win. Why? Because... Mahomes probably can't yell over to Kelsey and tell him to adjust his route and change it with seven seconds left. You want to hear him. You want to be able to do that. So it's those little things that you can't do as an away team when the crowd is just losing their minds the way that we expect it to be an arrowhead. So, yes, there are doubts because you are the underdog. It's a seven-point underdog. But that does happen. Uh, I think the last one was the Eagles with Foles, and I can't remember who they even beat that year. Uh, they were a seven-point underdog in the championship. The, I think the it was Minnesota, Minnesota. Case Keenum led. Yes, that's right. That's right. And the Flacco-led Ravens beat the Patriots as well as a four seed. The, they, the, the four seed Ravens went to number one seed and then beat the number two seed in New England and then went to the Super Bowl and faced the 49ers, and they uh, they won that. So it does happen, and it happens maybe every five to ten years, but it does happen, and you're you have beat them and that may be that may work against you it kind of works both ways i think i think the young Bengals are probably looking at it like we've seen them bleed if they bleed we can kill them we can do it again they're not gods they're mortal we can do it and i they truly believe that i bet and then the other half is probably like the the chiefs like yeah we're not sleeping on this team at all like they beat us and we played uh no turnovers in that game they played pretty well besides, you know, having a few mistakes here and there and getting some bad calls against them when they're a little bit over aggressive. They're a grabby defense. They, I don't know how much they can complain when flags start getting thrown, but I digress. Point that, uh, 
you know, the, the Chiefs are a good team. And I, I think they were, they're not going to take the Bengals very lightly at all. I think the magnitude of this game being you win it and you get your name etched in stone forever I mean, as a team that participated in the Super Bowl at the very least. You know, people remember who went to the Super Bowl. Not a lot of times you remember who lost that conference championship game. So, uh, yeah, it's an uphill battle. You just need a puncher's chance. And I feel like the Bengals, because they're so explosive, because they're dangerous at times when they're on, if they go out and pull out an ace card in this game, I mean, there's a chance they win that game. And that's all That's all this team really needs is a chance. No, I, yeah, it, it it's true. It, you know, that any given Sunday kind of mentality, uh, you know, there, there's, I mean, again, it, it's so explosive. I, we, we've obviously seen that the, that the Bengals can hang with the chiefs. If it comes down to a shootout, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, the offensive line for the Cincy is, is very worrisome. You know, obviously Burrow took a lot of hits last week, nine sacks, almost technically 10 if that delay a game didn't happen. But, um, you know, and, and Kansas City's pass rush is getting like it's not like I mean, they got Melvin Ingram. They got some obviously some studs, uh, but they're, they've been coached up pretty well. Uh, you think that you think the, the line can hold up a little enough for uh, for Burrow? I mean, they've been kind of doing it all year, I guess. Um, yeah, they'd be all right with this, with this Chiefs team. You know that you're right though. They they've been doing it all year. Kind of funny because as we're talking to Titans guys last week, they're like, "We're gonna pressure, we're gonna sack, we're Joe Burrow." And we're kind of like, "Yeah, we don't care because <laughs> he's done it. All and he's been fantastic." It's like that's nothing new, guys. You better bring something else other than pressure because that does not phase him at all. Uh, and but I don't want him to get hurt, and I don't want him to get no, hit. Nobody wants that. So it's like you know, I, I'm putting on a, like a smiley face while I'm still like behind the back. I'm real nervous about him getting hit. Because you don't want to see that. But last time they played the Chiefs, uh, they actually he was actually pressured more often than he was against the Titans. It's funny that when the Titans applied pressure, they got stacks. And that was a big difference. Burrow's been one of the bottom quarterbacks this league in terms of um, turning pressures into sacks. He hasn't been able to escape them and make them miss. He's just not as agile and quick as he was when he was in college after that knee injury last year. It's still coming back. And there's been times like his – that Chiefs game, I remember saying after that game, that was LSU Burrow in the pocket. Like, that was masterful pocket movement. Guy, he's shaking guys off. He's making guys miss. He's moving around him, up and around him. The big difference is the Titans disguise everything on the back half. They're going to show you simulated pressure and drop guys out. They're going to rotate coverages from middle field open to middle field close. They're going to look like they're pressing. They're going to bail out of it. They're going to make you have to read the defense after the snap, which now slows down your processing a little bit. And if they're losing up front, you're going to turn that pressure into a stack. The Chiefs are going to show you what they're going to do, and they're going to do it. They're going to blitz. They're going to play man coverage. They're going to bring Tyra Matthew into the box. Seat and they're not going to drop him. I mean, they're like easier. You can see it the last time they played. It was just their front four are going to rush four. The Titans are going to twist and stunt and bring guys from all different kinds of gaps and Burrow couldn't navigate the pocket as well because guys are coming and looping around and he's stepping up into a guy that's eventually going a second. Uh, so the Chiefs applied more pressure than the Titans did, but only got four sacks. And when you bring pressure, you better get home because Burrow is deadly against the blitz. Both of these guys, I wouldn't be surprised if neither of these team blitz all game long because the quarterbacks are that dangerous because if you don't get home and now you're leaving one-on-one with Jamar Chase, who in that last matchup had 11 catches, 266 yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, he's a rookie, and he killed you guys like that. 
they won't let that happen. I think, I think they're going to say we're going to double him and we're not going to blitz because that was too dangerous last time and way too close. Yeah, we've we've started getting into into, into film study a little bit with the show, and I did it, you know just 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 basic understanding of it. And we did pick we picked uh, I think it was the, the it was the screen to Jamar Chase. They had five wide. Bengals had five wide, and uh, they left Jamar Chase. You know, had had one on one coverage. He did this little stutter step, caught it behind the the line of scrimmage, and just took off for like sixty something yards. It was absolutely insane. And I feel like that's something that. Bengals might have to do. Of course, you're going to have to, you know, push the ball downfield and stuff. But um, it, it, it's it's scary how good Jamar Chase is in, in, in with with a little open space, open field. He's so shifty. He's so quick. And I feel like if the Bengals are going to, you know, pull this one out, they're going to have to do a lot of that, um, especially if they are bringing the blitz. Right. You know, it, like you said, KC could be like, nah, we're just going to drop him into coverage. But if they're going to pressure Burrow, who, like you said, he's very wise at picking up the blitz. I mean, Jamar Chase is going to eat all day if they, if if they they pull off that kind of stuff. I think it's an important thing. Um, you know, this this could be a, a I would dare say it's probably a good T Higgins game. Probably they're, they're probably yeah. going to focus a lot on on Chase. I'm expecting a good day for for Higgins, for Boyd, uh, for Yuzuma. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, <laughs> but you know, they they have the they have the pieces to 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 win it. And I, I just like I don't know. Right now, I, I like Brittany. Brittany Matthews, whatever her name is, Patrick Mahomes' fiance. She, <laughs> she has her and Jackson Mahomes have single-handedly made the Bengals America's team for this weekend. And I know a lot of people who are aside, you know, are are, are in agreement with that. And we're we're I mean we're hoping that they eat, man. It, it's just so cool to see a new team in that mix and uh and to be able to you know and have the talent to to be able to pull this thing off and go all the way. You know, I'm just down to see someone new in the Super Bowl. I would have said this if it wasn't the Bengals. I would have said it if it was the Bills, of course. I, yeah. I live in the area. But, it, you know, it could have been a lot of teams. If it was the Titans, I would have said, okay, that's different. Go beat the Chiefs. Go handle it. Um, NFC, we're down to the Rams and the 49ers. I don't have a beef with either one of those teams. The Rams didn't win it last time. I think they're much more equipped to be a well-rounded team this time. 49ers, not too long ago, we mentioned that game just just a minute ago, talking about the Ravens getting into that last time the Niners were in it. Uh, well, no, the Niners also made it against the Chiefs. I'm tripping. Yeah, ago, and yeah. yeah. So the Niners have been there a couple times, but haven't been able to win it. I don't mind if they make it either. Plus, they're kind of unconventional the way they built their team. I, I'd rather see a team with a uh, an elite quarterback get in there, which, to, in my opinion, I, even if Stafford is in that category, uh, Stafford Burrow and, and, and Mahomes. I'd like to see one of those guys win it. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, the future of this Bengals squad, obviously we, we they, they've built this thing uh, right. Uh, I mean, obviously Zach Taylor's had a really, really good year. How comfortable have you been with him as head coach or is he, um, obviously you're at, you, you, you know him a little bit too. Um, you know, is this, is, do you think this is a case of just him, man, like just absolutely spoiled or is he, do you, are you liking the, the progress that he's personally made with this team? It's so funny because I would get asked even after the first year and then the second year, I think the five and 26 or six and 26, whatever the record was, it was bad. Right. Um, most, I, I guess, I think most franchises probably would have fired the coach after two years. Like, right. I also think I've always kept thinking back to when the hiring process started. And I don't think the Bengals were a very attractive position at all. They had aging players. They had, Guys that really they were past their prime of a of a unit that was good for a while, uh, but now you could tell at that time they, they were going to have to cut a lot of dead weight. They're going to have to rebuild, restart, 
and they weren't known for going out and picking up free agents. So what did that timeline even look like? So I don't think the, the, the job was very attractive. So when the Bengals kind of beat around the bush of we need to hire a guy that we think is the right guy, but he may not be that guy today. We need to, they're kind of projecting. They were like drafting a developmental quarterback or head coach in, the, in this scenario. Like in two years, we think he's going to be that, that guy. Right. And they were right, I guess, at this point, right? They're in the IFC Championship. The Bengals probably feel pretty good about their their decision there and their their hire. But at the, for two years, it was a struggle. It was a struggle to try and defend. It was a struggle when people would ask me, who is Zach Taylor? What does he bring to the table? And I couldn't accurately answer it because I think they were still finding their footing. But also because... They only had Burrow for nine games last year before he got hurt. And they're starting Brandon Island. You're starting Brian Finley the year before. Andy Dalton for 10 games before he got benched. It's like, are any of those guys starting quarterbacks in this league? And how good are you going to look? And how many games are you going to win anyway? You use any coach and you have that. How many games is he going to win? So the evaluation was very incomplete for me going into this year. But I had hopes. And and I liked that he was able to change the team or the offense at the very least into whatever they needed to be at the time. So there was, there was a Monday night game where they go in and last year to, at, at the end of the year, and they've got Ryan Finley against the Steelers and the Steelers had to win this. They, they just got beat by the Bills. Steelers ended up crumbling the final, whatever weeks of the season, lose to the Browns in the playoffs. But the second game, the Bengals running read option with Ryan Finley, who's not even in the league anymore and winning and winning on primetime and seeing the way the players were responding and going super hard for them in a season where they won four games and lost their starting quarterback, the hope of the franchise. And they were still fighting and still having a good time and still joking around and still like, you were like, man, they still, they believe he's the guy. The results aren't there, but they were also like two and 15 and one score games. You remember, may remember that Colts game from last year, Bengals Colts, Bengals were up 21, nothing. Yeah. And they lose that game right at the end because he, he just got tricked. And he was like, if I see that coverage again, I know what to do next time. And I believe him. He's never been fooled again on that. And it's like every time he plays a team the second time, he got so much better. And I just felt like the, the, this year was bubbling towards this of you get them together finally for a full season. And I was just not 100% confident, but I was excited to see if the Bengals were right in their decision. And I think they were. Definitely say so. I definitely say so. I've been very yeah excited for for um, you know for Taylor and this team. You know, I could just I could just I, I can't say it enough. But yeah, I mean I I I think you know if if this year didn't pan out, would Taylor be on the hot seat? You know that was that right. was one of my questions coming into this year. Um, and and luckily he was you know fortunately he was he was one of many who who survived and and obviously deservedly so. Now. Win or lose this weekend, you know, you're obviously feeling pretty happy, as you should be. But what are some of the biggest things that the Bengals have to do to to, to get better going into uh, 2022? Now, they've got, like, the third most cap space, too. So this is a young team with a lot of assets. Yeah, and they have clear needs, which is also great because that's kind of how you want it. You don't want it to be like, you know, we could use another pass rusher, but I don't really don't know how to get that. We could use speaker, but does that mean a good, there's a lot of like, you know what I mean? There's like secondary holes. And then there's like, we need offensive line help and protection. And it's very clear. you got like basically Jonah Williams, who was their 10th pick in 2019. Um, they like him at left tackle. He's fine. He's good. Actually his first full year starting and staying healthy. They think he's going to keep developing and be a, a, a solid starting left tackle in this league. 
But the other four spots, you can almost wipe the, the floor with and say, okay, where do you want to go and who do we want to sign and where do we want to go? Even though Quentin Spain has been good at left guard, he's on the other side of 30 and he's on a one-year deal. So you would still have to make a decision there. So I think it's pretty clear. You go into free agency, you get who you want and who you can, you spend the money because now is the time to do it. And I think guys will actually want to come to Cincinnati for the first time in a while I was about as well. To say. Yeah, that's that's a bonus when you got like, all right, they got Joe Burrow. They went to the AFC Championship game. Clearly needs some pass protection. So I'm going to go there and play right guard for $15 million. It, it's a clear path. You can see how that can work. And uh, I think when you have that, it's easier to build the team and say, okay, uh, let's re-sign our studs like Jesse Bates, that safety, if you know, if you got a franchise tag on whatever the case may be. And sign offensive linemen, draft offensive linemen. But they also could use more pass rushers to just help out, especially at defensive tackle. A lot of the guys they have are free agents. They love DJ Reader, but he's a nose tackle. I think interior pressure is a big issue with them. This You may see it even this weekend as you're watching the game. You're like, yeah, that's what Joe was talking about. They really can't collapse the pocket consistently enough. Um, so I think that's a big one. And I think starting another starting corner uh, could be in the works. That could be a developmental guy in the second or third round as well. All right. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's definitely enticing to be you know the, the Bengals, and that's all it takes. I mean, that's what Buffalo did a couple of years ago. They had one, two good seasons, and and all of a sudden, okay, I want to get traded there. I want to go there in free agency, and and that's literally all it takes. So Bengals are in a really really good spot right now, having all that cap space too. Such a young team, and that's I mean that's how championship teams are built. Really, um, is is over essentially overachieving, I, I guess in a sense. Um, and just yeah, drawn drawn in people in. So I think that's about it though, Joe, man. Dude, thank you so much for your time today. I, I really appreciate it. I'm so happy I finally got to talk to you and, and, and know the man, the myth, the legend that is uh that is Joe Goodberry. It, it was crazy. I, they've been telling me about I, I had Big O on the on the show a couple weeks ago around our Christmas. Oh man, I gotta listen to that. Oh, he's he's a, he's awesome. And yeah. uh, I had him and he's like, show me your Instagram. And, that, and then like a week or two, when I first reached out to you on, on Twitter, not the message, but I tweeted at you, you just randomly showed up like in my feed. Like, I don't know why, but you just showed up. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that Joe guy that they're always talking about. So I'm super glad that I reached out. It was definitely worth it, man. You, you're as awesome as they say you are. So thank you so much for that, uh, for this opportunity. Well, I appreciate it. And those are my boys there. Those are my brothers, uh, you know, at our workplace. And uh, I couldn't be here without them, to be honest with you, because those guys like Big O and, and you know, Donnie and, and guys like that and Bob and guys that are there that believed you could do this stuff and will push you and support you, you probably get it. And they, uh, you know, the guys they have in your corner. So I appreciate them, too. They are the greatest. Uh, I'd love uh, you to take this opportunity and uh, share your stuff. I know you do some merchandise. You do uh, some stuff with your brother, if I'm not mistaken. He's got his own uh, Bills page, essentially. But, um, yeah, please uh, shill your merch. Show, yeah, if you're, on, uh, if you're on Twitter, uh, I'm at Joe Goodberry, just like it sounds. Uh, and I'm down for whatever conversa- conversation, especially when it comes to football. I mean, it's not just Bengals-oriented. If you heard this, I can talk about any team in any situation. I can talk draft and draft prospects. That is what I did for a long time, and uh, I'm down to talk about it and, and at least you know go back and forth and have some fun. But I do do a lot of other things. Yes, I, I am highly into art, into um, anything nerd and, and comic related, and and you know uh, any like we're about to go watch the book of Boba Fett with the kids and and you know have a good time. You know that's so anything could spark my interest and and 
we probably share a lot of interests together. Seems like you and I do as well. Yes. Um, so I'll be on there and you may get it. You may get the jokes. If you do not, well, then maybe it's not for you. But if you do, and a lot of people seem to do, then come join and have a conversation. Absolutely. So, yeah, make sure you uh, make sure you find him on Twitter. Follow him. And, uh, yeah, once again, Joe, dude, thank you so much, man. Uh, listeners, seriously, this has been a cool opportunity. We're excited here for the Bengals, the opportunity for the Bengals to uh, to go and win an AFC, cha- you know, win the AFC championship. I did put it, take them on the money line in my parlay, so I hope to God uh, it pans out. Uh, it'd be nice to actually win one of those for once. It's only been, you know, forever uh, that I've been doing this, so... But make sure you go support uh, support Joe on, in in all of his works. He has a really great, uh, some really cool T-shirts. I'm gonna have to order some uh, from you soon. So, thank you so much, listeners. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy conference championship games. And uh, on behalf of Joe and I, till next time, the two point conversation is good. Yeah, spot. Look at the A! Look at the A!